every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show. I am one of your co-hosts, Javon J. Love Adams, and with me as always is the man who not only played professional baseball but also played in the National Football League, the one and only Ed Easy Smith. What is good, my brother? Not much, Jay. Just uh, getting over that weekend of football, man. I mean, it's just it's hard to believe that the Cardinals were that close to being involved in it. But yeah. I'm telling you, man, the teams that were left, they put on a show uh, over the weekend. I want to get on that, and that's something that you bring up that's not a part of our our, our show notes. So, uh, so I know you are good on pivoting on the on the run. So I want to get into that a bit. Um, but as we know, as people who listen to the podcast are wondering, what, what the heck are these dudes doing a, po- a show today? Well, I was listening to a a, a station locally on 98.7, and they, it was. Um, they had they they had a kind of a segment of sorts where they were talking about what do you think it would be like to have to to have those to be in in those exit interviews and I want Ed to explain what an exit interview is and kind of give an example of his and then there were three there were four players that uh, that Ed selected uh, there were two that I threw to him a, a coach and I'm sure you can think of who and then also a player <laughs> and then he chose a couple of other players in terms of what he would like to say in an exit interview and so keeping that in mind. Before we get into the first one, I want to one of the things that was evident to me, especially in the in the Kansas City Chief uh, Buffalo Bills game, that they had all their timeouts at the end of the game. Oh, yeah. How did that happen? They had all their timeouts. There was no pat and there was no panic. They knew they, they were strong in their convictions. There didn't seem to be any hesitation or trepidation with, hey, this is the play that we're going to call. Now, the defenses for both of those teams, there might be this is one of those situations where it's great offense beats average to good to, to good defense. But, but that's what stood out to me. Was there anything in terms of these games that stood out to you where you had the – I mean, just the games all weekend long were, were competitive, it goes without saying. But – it seemed like the coaching, even the, the Green Bay Packers game, um, it, it just goes down the line for all of the games this weekend, that coaching, and it seems as if the conviction with those coaches seems to stand out to me. Am I wrong on that? You're spot on, man. And, you know, if I had to, you know, it's like if I had to pick one thing, I would say 13 seconds. That's how Ooh. much time the Kansas City Chiefs had after giving up a devastating touchdown to go down you know, after they went down and scored, you know, we know the back and forth. They yeah. had 13 seconds to figure out how to get this ball in the field goal, uh, uh, you know, position. You know, somewhere where we just have a, a chance. You know, I know it's a different scenario because a few weeks ago the Cowboys needed a touchdown. And we've also seen our Cardinals with time man- have time management issues as well. But with 13 seconds left, 
two things I want to point out. One, there was absolutely no panic on the sideline of the Kansas City Chiefs. I was looking, and I'm like, I'm sitting there putting myself in that position. I was like, damn, I'm sitting there sweating. Those dudes looked like they were like, all right, well, let's see what we can do with 13 seconds. They were so calm and so collected. And then the execution, two plays. They, bro, they had time left to make sure they called their time. With 13 seconds, they moved, and we can, you know, on the flip side, you can say, what the heck were you doing, Buffalo? Uh, so maybe they weren't so good on the other side. But the the the, the calmness, the execution, the mm-hmm. precision of what Kansas City did just to get down there, get in position, 49-yard field goal, boom, we go into overtime, the rest is history. But th- when I talk to you, Jay, and you and I, to all through the season, I sound like a broken record sometime when I talk about being prepared, you know, with, like with Kingsbury, being right. ready. You got to be ready three and four plays ahead of what you're you're facing. Meaning, you got to have this situation. You got to have three situations already mapped out in your head. If we're successful with this play, I have two options. I want to do X, Y, Z. If we're not, or if we get a penalty, or if we take a sack, you got to be so ready for every scenario. And you know, all the time, you know, Jay, I, I hate giving him credit. Mr. Andy Reid, um, <laughs> you know, for anybody who doesn't know the, the story, Mr. Reid, Coach Reid, you know, cut me in 99 when I was with the Eagles, something I thought was a little unjust as, you know, well as I was playing for them. But he had his reasons, and we move on. You know, it's like a couple that has a breakup. Hey, get over it, man, get over it. Right, I'm, right. I'm, but I'm telling you, man, that, that staff, that team, I don't know if anybody's – well, you know, Belichick's always out there too – but put those two and maybe another one or two in the category of always ready, always prepared, and everybody underneath them always ready, prepared as well. And that's something that we, we've we been dying to see out here. We th- saw glimpses of it with Kingsbury early in the season. Would you mm. imagine what they would have – if put the Cardinals in that situation, what they would have did in that situation? Man, yeah. man you talk, I mean, they might have all just curled up on the sideline and just, you know, had a panic attack. We just don't know. Yeah, yeah, and then and the the 49ers as well. I mean, I know that as much as the genius label gets put on Shanahan, I mean, he, you know, one thing, if nothing else, he's going to try to run the ball. He's going to try to confuse you. He's going to do all kinds of different things. And I was I was listening to a talk today on, um, as I was getting ready to go run this morning. And um, I think it was, what was it? Um, Brady Quinn said something along the lines of, it's, it's one thing to be able to have all those plays, but it's another thing to be able to have the players that believe in the play that you call and to execute the play. Because you can have all the motion that you want and then miss the block. And it makes it, it makes everybody look like a fool. But they not only they they practice, they prepare, they execute those plays. Absolutely. And that I mean that goes to also to the, the type of players that you keep on your roster. Right. You know, you, so this this goes for having the right dudes and teaching them the right thing. Right. Allowing them to go out there and like you said, the key word is execute, Jay. Any every hey, everything looks pretty when you draw it up on the board. <laughs> right. I'm, bro, I've, I've been in meetings before, you know, we get all our playbooks and everything, and they'll draw something up. It's like, damn, that looks good. You know, then <laughs> then you get in the bro, then you get in the practice and never fails. You get in the practice, and especially when you're doing something different, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some different combo blocks or motions that that call for extreme timing. Like with some of these jet sweeps and different things or these fake pitches this way, throws out to the – these things take timing. They take practice, practice, practice. 
The first few times you do them and try them, bro, I've been there before when, damn, that doesn't look too good. And you know what happens? Coaches either, okay, let's run that again. They run it again. Still don't look good. Run it again. Still don't look good. All right, toss that one out. Right, <laughs> We're not right. messing with that. Right. Or they continue to run it. The timing gets a little better. gets a little better. We have a little more confidence that, hey, we get into crunch situations later on in the game. We're saving this one. This is one of our bullets right here. We're going to save this one for that, you know, that two-point conversion, that fourth and one or two right. that you're late in the game. We're not going to just throw this one out there. And when you can come back to that play and everybody's ready for it, they, you know, you call it, they execute it. I mean, that's a thing of beauty is a joy forever. There we go. There we go. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So as I mentioned, this uh, th- what we're about to get into was the inspiration. And I don't I get inspiration from all around was from a local show. They were talking about wonder what it was. They were they were trying to what would it be like if in those exit interviews um, today or, you know, of course, the after the season is over, you have these exit interviews. So I wanted to get Ed's thought on since he's been in those before. First, Ed, tell me. What is an exit interview, and can you give an example of one that you, one or two that you have had with previous previous teams? Yeah, an exit interview is, you know, we've all been employed in the corporate world as well. You know, in, in this situation, yep. it's the end of the season exit re- interview. Most of the time, in the corporate world, exit <laughs> interview means you just you just got your pink slip, and it's time. Hey, can we find out what your experience was? <laughs> You know, and please be kind, you know, that type of thing, you know. Yes, in, the, sir. in the NFL, it's the end of the season. Uh, your position coach wants to meet with you, uh, give you a grade on how he thought the season went, get your feedback, and then, you know, you'll meet with the head coach, maybe even special teams coach if you're really deeply involved in that as well. But your final is with the head coach to get a feel once again, how they felt you did grade you. And then the end is – Hey, you get a feel for. Hey, I feel really good with my my off season uh, prognosis. You know, I, I think I might be back here next year. You know, there's some dudes on the work. They give you things to work on as well. Here's what he needs you to work on in the off season. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. And that's the they'll give you your list. And you know, it's it's one of those things because the off season is so long, and people think like you leave in January. We'll see you in May or. Nah, we'll see you in March, bro. And, you know, <laughs> and, and we need you to get stronger. We need you to do, you know, work on your footwork a little bit. You know, obviously, if you can, you know, if you had some drops, dropsies this year, we need you to ca- catch the ball a little bit. So they'll give you your list. And it's, it's like I said, it's not like we'll see you in a few months. It's, we'll see you in a few weeks. And we can't necessarily be working with you all the way through this. But we'll be keeping an eye through the window. While, and, you know, obviously, the report to, to figure out who's been in for the workouts and, you know, we have our mini camps and stuff like that. So it's, like I said, it really is what you call an exit interview. You find out kind of how you you get a feel for how, because we all think, hey, man, I had a great season, you know. And then by the end of time you leave that meeting, you can feel either a little more confident or, man, I don't know about this one, you know. Right. I call your agent right after that one. Hey, you might want to get on the line and, you know, get an early jump on you know, getting some workouts and stuff set up for it, you know. Um, but in the end, man, like I said, it, it really is. It's an opportunity to find out, you know, how much the organization appreciated what you did or didn't, or yeah, and also find out the things that as an individual and as a team are going to make us better moving forward and if you might be a part of that moving forward. Okay. Can you give an example of one from whatever organization that you had, just a brief example of one that you had? I, you know, my, my, I go back to my feet, and obviously my favorite spot was when I was in Atlanta 
uh, after my first year. You know, I started on the practice squad, elevated to the active roster. It wasn't what you call a great team. You know, we were 7-9 to finish it up, but that was after a 1-7 second half. So we were making moves, you know, that type of thing. Uh, you know, I sat with my uh, tight ends coach. Uh, and you got to remember, too, Jay, I was a former baseball player. Right. So a lot of these coaches, I won't say they were amazed, but in, in the beginning it was kind of like maybe a novelty, like, we'll get this dude a look, you know. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, he he can hold his own at this level. You know, because I hadn't played professional or I hadn't played football in over a decade right. out of high school, and then I was making the transition and everything like that. You know, I sat down with my Titans coach, Coach James Daniel. Uh, with the Falcons, and you know he, he's like, look, Ed, you know, really proud of you for working as hard as you did all the way through the year. Obviously, you know, we got some things to work on, but you know, I see a spot for you here. You know, we see what happens through the off season, and you know, these are some, like you said, these are some things I want you to work on. You know, uh, maybe our blocking a little more, keeping our pad level down, different things. I was always a great catcher of the ball, but more than anything, I think they wanted both him, Coach Daniel. And when I eventually sat and talked to Coach Reeve, they wanted to let me know how much they appreciated how much how hard I worked. Okay. Because I was one of those dudes, man. I knew I can't be out here slouching. If if they say run, it's not you know I'm not even gonna ask you how fast. I'm just gonna go as fast as I can. And mm-hmm. if you need to tell me to slow down, okay. I'm not doing anything stupid, me and trying to hurt my teammates or anything like that. But I always knew, hey, I gotta be moving, I gotta be proven every week. And and what I was really comfortable and confident with after leaving both my meeting with Coach Daniel and with Coach Reeves was that, hey, one, they saw how hard I worked, and they also saw the talent. They knew, you know, they were just amazed. They were like, damn, if you'd have put, you know, come right out of high school. <laughs> so, you know, after being away from the game for a while, I'm in the NFL. I felt very confident. You know, they I'd already signed my contract. I wasn't worried about getting one of them calls during the offseason or anything like that. Right. Contract signed for the following year. Uh, let's let's try to run this back and and the re- you know obviously the rest was history in terms of what we did you know and the thing was Jay nothing is promised to you right. when I got to camp that year we had you know they went out and signed some other tight ends which every you know you go to camp with ninety guys you know so it wasn't like well we're just gonna take this group and roll you know they went out and made some signings and stuff like that and I knew I was in competition still but yeah. at the end of training camp you know I won my spot uh, from day one on a Super Bowl bound team. Uh, you know, but like I said, those those exit interviews, they can be really interesting. And for a player, and we might role play a little bit here, for a player that's either uncertain or maybe he's uncertain about the organization, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, I think John, James Conner's on a one – he only signed a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. I could I be wrong. So. I, believe I believe so. so. The exit interview is, hey, James, you know, we really appreciate what you did. Think you might want to hang out with us again next year? James <laughs> right. now, or Connor's in a different, he's in a different situation now. He actually showed to other teams that might have had some doubt, like, man, that dude, you know, he's a, could be a little beast for us. Might be a nice addition to us here. He's going to have some other suitors. So yes. that conversation is going to be really interesting, that exit interview, because, like I said, part of it might be the Cardinals trying to win him over to keep him here as a piece of the puzzle uh, in comparison to, like, some other guys might be getting that. Uh, really disappointed in the way things work out this year, but maybe you know, we can turn this around. But you know, so we'll see. As like I said, I, 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 and on the flip side, I did have some other experiences that were kind of like, all right, well, we'll see where this goes. But like I said, it's, they're 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 really interesting. Uh, and like I said, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for some of these Cardinals exit interviews for sure. 
So let's get into it. We'll start. Um, we'll we'll start from I guess the maybe the least important up to the maybe the most important. So you'll get where I'm going with this. Sure. When, when I asked you for your two, one of the ones you mentioned was Isabella. Tell me why you tell me why Isabella and, and what would you tell what would you tell him? The reason I pulled his name because just for what I just said a minute ago, he I think the Cardinals and our fans and you and I we thought you know obviously Larry Fitzgerald's not coming back. We do have. Uh, hop, D hop, and we got an aging AJ Green. But between Kirk, Isabel, and a couple other dudes, you know, we were like, this is their time, man, to step up right. and, you know, be recognized and maybe be that number three or even number two uh, and play in front of AJ. You know, right. Isabel, he did his best disappearing act uh, throughout this season. There were times when, like, you would bring his name up. I was like, oh, yeah, he is still here. Uh, and that for me, wow, that would be very interesting because I'm, I'm sure the Cardinals, you know, first wide receiver coach, then you got to go see your OC and then you got to, who is Kingsbury for the most part, but I'm sure he's not feeling very good. At least in my opinion, when it's all said and done, he's one of those dudes that's like, man, this was really disappointing. Uh, never kind of hit the mark in terms of, where I thought I was going to be, and the staff was probably thinking the same thing. We were expecting a little more out of you, and I know sometimes injury in this can be involved, but mm-hmm. that would have, for me, that would be one of those uh, you are now on the outside looking in in terms of, because you got to remember, they're going to roll with what they got. But I just mentioned there's draft, there's free agency. They're going to be looking to upgrade some of these positions and wide receiver, even though we're somewhat, you know, people will tell you how strong we are at times at that position. You know, A.J. Green, you know, he's going to be another year older. You got to really go find a real number two. Um, and then you got some decent young talent behind. But Isabella, in my opinion, will be one of those dudes that, wow, that was oh, that was that was not a good uh, campaign for us, uh, Andy. And, you know, this might be a year, uh, let's call it a make it or break it for you. you know, here's the thing, Jay, I'll point this out. Mm-hmm. In these meetings, bro, there's no candy coating. Ooh. There's no, there's no, hey, let's, you know, I want to protect his feelings. Uh, bruh, I've seen dudes come out or, you know, he's like, hey, how'd it go? You know, bruh, you know, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm not really to leave some of my apartment because Ooh. there's no set here. Here's the thing. Coaches, this isn't college where they're trying to woo you to make sure you don't now jump into the transfer portal or anything like that. You are under contract. You're That means they're paying you money. If you're not right. performing, you know what they do, Jay? They stop paying you money. It's only a matter of fact, and yes, they, sir. And they, they will be so straight and blunt with you. This is where we're at with you right now. And this is what we're thinking. Right now, you know, we're very not very satisfied. And, you know, that means you need to bring it when we get back to, to, to OTAs and camps. And, man, and your position coach is responsible for delivering the message. Okay. You know, head coach, I mean, they, they know it too, but position coach, this is him being a good. They live and breathe it with you there. They, they live and breathe the it. Here's yeah. the other thing. The, your performance reflects on their performance as well. Ah, this is your, true. your coaches, if they're putting garbage out there, yeah. the, the head coach is now going to be starting looking, Hey, what's, what's happening in that room? What you guys doing? You know, and he, yeah. his job is to make you the best you can be or, Go find somebody that can do it better than you. And if you're not performing, there's no candy coating. There's no, hey, you know, we can get better. Nah, it's, bruh, 
you, you need to pick your game up. Otherwise, I mean, even just making it through the offseason is going to be tough for you. But we, we get to camp, you know, you, you got, you don't have nine lives like a cat here. This is a big boy operation. If you're not with us, then, you know, we're going to move on. And like I said, so they will deliver the message. And then, like I said, you usually when you get to like head coach, you know, he, he'll be a little like, I'm sure you talk to coach, you know, so, you know, I'm not going to go over <laughs> all, all that again, but, you know, we're yeah. expecting a little more out of you. And here's where we stand and appreciate your effort this year. Uh, we'll see what, you know, and from there it's like, okay. So okay. now it's all on you. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's Cabela. That's what I'm thinking with him. Okay. So next up, you, you chose Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, man. I mean, before the season. Now, this is a tricky one because okay. this dude's got this dude's got talent. We know that. Yes, sir. Yes, He's sir. an anchor in terms of your defense. And if you can try to make him happy and keep him here, man, I mean, and then build, continue to build around him. Problem with Chandler Jones. Chandler but Jones I want to say he's is he an un, he's unrestricted free agent, I think. And that's part of the thing. Yeah. You got to now convince him a couple of different things. You got to convince him, hey, look, we value you. We want you here. What do we have to do to keep you here? And then mm-hmm. as far as your performance, you know, with Chandler Jones, we know you're getting double teamed out there. We, what we need to do, and we need to assure you, we need to put more around you. Mm-hmm. So a load isn't on you, um, but we, we need to, if we're going to do this, we want you here with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some fences might need to be mended. Ooh, the problem yeah. is Chandler might come in there and be like, you know, people can't see because they might be just listening to this. He might be giving you the double gun salute right here. <laughs> because he already want to be out. He might go in and make his demand and basically let you know, I don't care what you say. <laughs> you, know, like, you need to find the best deal. Yeah. yeah, you need to find the best deal and start looking for some compensatory uh, picks because yeah, my my next contract is not going to be signed here. You know, and then when you, once you know you have an angry uh, uh, employee, it's like all right now now our job is to figure out what can we do to make this team better without Chandler Jones if we have to. Meaning, go finding best deals. Uh, obviously, he's an unrestricted free agent, so your job is. If somebody throws some money at him, you got to match him plus and this, that. So that's with him. Like I said, it's all about, look, bro, we want you here. We hope you want to be here. But if you don't, hey, we're just going to have to figure this out. But, I mean, what can you say to a Chandler Jones as far as performance? Like I said, he might have not met numbers and some metrics. Sometimes it's not necessarily his fault because, like I said, when when defense or offenses are focusing on him, you know, that's one of those, bro, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. Obviously, you had five games sack to start the game of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had a, a good year, not one of your greatest, but we know what your ability and talent is. We'd love to keep you here. Uh, can we at least have a talk? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And what is, what's going to be interesting is so uh, as we get to the next one, there are quite a few unrestricted free agents here for, for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm looking at uh, spot track. Uh, dot com here and so they have I mean so we know like Zach Ertz is an unrestricted free agent Chandler Jones AJ Green Max Williams I mean so um Christian Kirk is an unrestricted free agent so it's it's going to be interesting James Conner as you mentioned earlier uh Robert Alford uh, so this is going to be interesting but one of the ones that I picked to throw your way was Kyler Murray so Kyler Murray what would what what are some of is Kyler Murray when you're in the exit interview somebody that you would take a tough love approach with because and the reason why I say this is because on our radio show this past week um we had a casual E Earl Burnett that joined us and said that somebody need maybe maybe Kyler needs 
that tough love that everybody's been kissing his butt so long, maybe, or really telling him that he's great, or maybe just not, maybe dancing around the issue as opposed to getting right to the point and saying, this is what I need you to do, as opposed to, hey, just keep working. No, I need you to work on X, Y, and Z. What type of conversation or approach would you have with the Kyler Murray? Now, there's a difference between the type that I would have and then the type that Kingsbury will probably have. Okay. Uh, Let's go Kingsbury first, since he's the man in the position. I don't know if Kingsbury has the cojones to be the strong, you know, because Earl brought brought the brought the house on Saturday. I mean, yes. he basically, I mean, and I, I mentioned it all the time too. Kyle is one of those dudes from out the womb. Everybody's been telling him how great he is. You know, oh, he holds all the records. Uh, you know, of Texas high school. You know, four championships, and then he went to college and he did this. Kyle has never been told, hey, you know, as good as you are. There are a whole lot of people that do it just as good as you and some that do it even better than you. So if you want to be one of the, the greats and the best of the best, these yeah. are the things you need to work on. He's never heard that. And in my opinion, Kingsbury, you know, I could see that me- meeting going very sideways in terms of what he needs to hear and what, Ooh. hey, Kyler, you know, you did a great job this year. And, you know, we need to do better at this and protecting you. We got to do this. And huh. I got, I got to do better in putting you in the right situations and in order to not hurt his fragile feeling or his ego. Mm. Whereas with, if I was sitting in that chair, Jay, I would take the exact approach that Earl talked about. I've been talking about this all through the year. Yeah. I would sit him down and I would pull out a, a list or I'd have him walk in my office, bro. And I'd have, you know, with the big whiteboard, yeah. I love the whiteboard, bro. Cause huh. you know I mean, you put, I'd have the whiteboard, with the good, the bad, the ugly, meaning the uglier things. That, and I would I would either have some plays lined up where I wanted to show him. Um, I'd have some stats for him. I'd have uh, maybe, uh, you know, and obviously you want some, some of the great things he did as well. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I would remind Kyler where we are. This is no longer college where, you know, in, in most instances, our players were just better than their players. Our right. quarterback better than their quarterback. Other teams are this league is a league of it is one the best of the best of the best. Right. Coaching, players, uh, scheme, you name it. There's things there are things you've never seen at other levels. Like kind of, I'm even talking some of these other professional leagues. I played in the XFL. I played in the World League. Right. Nothing compares to the NFL. Best mm-hmm. of the best. So I have to remind Kyler of a couple things. One, as good as you think you are, once again, there are a whole lot of dudes that are just as good, if not better. Here's the next thing. There's a whole lot of dudes that don't have your talent that are working harder than you as well. Mm. And I would challenge Kyler to these are three or four things that we have got to get better at, meaning you as a quarterback. And don't take this the wrong way. I've talked to every other player on this roster to let them know where they were good, where they were okay, and where we definitely need to work. And if you want to be a part of this Cardinals organization moving forward, you have got to be somebody who works on these things. So this is your list, Kyler. we got to work on you getting under center more. we got to work on whatever we have to do to figure out, you know, that's got to be a part, new part of our game. got to work on you stepping, learning to step up in the pocket more. I don't know okay. if it's a fear. You, you, you brought it up on the show or maybe Earl did, he does not want or like to get hit. Right. And that's part of the that, that's part of the position. I'm not saying stand in there and take brutal hits, but every now and then you might see it coming 
or you might have to step up into danger, meaning yeah. step up in the pocket, find that lane, deliver then the escape. ball, then escape. Or deliver the ball, right. Or the ball. Um, it can't be every time you turn around, if the if the ends are coming up the field and I don't have an escape route, out the, either one of the side hatches, I'm going to do my spin and, 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 and lay down. Or I'm just going to chuck and duck, as you and I always call. That's another thing we got to get out of our game. We have to figure out, you know, and, and then, Tyler, I know, you know, the ankle. And, and one of the things, Jay, in this league, everybody mm-hmm. plays hurt. Everybody. There's there's hurt. There's, are you hurt or are you injured? Mm-hmm. After the first two weeks of the season, everybody's hurt. If you're injured, you don't need to be out there on the field. Kyler, after the ankle injury, we get, you were off for four, five weeks. If you're throwing the bye and all that kind of stuff, I need you more physically prepared to take on the rigors. The the rigors. You look at what, and I know we're talking different bodies and stuff like that, but Josh Allen, that dude might as well have 32 on his back, not 12 or 17 or whatever he wears. That dude's like a running back. I know, like I said, but Kyle, we can get you out there, and you've been very good at when you do get in the space, you slide or whatever. But it's almost like after that ankle injury and then he might have taken a couple hits, he just refused to run much anymore after that. And mm-hmm. with his skill set, you know, so I'm going on and on. Basically, Jay, by the time he left that meeting, he would know his list of things to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see progress during the offseason. I mean, I need to see in there for the offseason workouts and stuff like that. But also, you know, if you want to go get you a quarterback guru or whatever, or if you want, because we can only do so much work together, but I need to see you progressing in some of these things that we're talking about. If not, then you're never going to be the quarterback that you always thought you were going to be and not in our eyes as well. And we all know he's got a contract coming up here. He's yes, just spent sir. year three of this rookie contract. <clears throat> here is the year, year four, where they're starting to rip that other one up and add them big numbers onto the back of, you know, five and beyond and stuff like that. Right. Hey, if you want to be Josh Allen, yo, you know, I need to see Josh Allen improvement. If you want to be treated like Baker Mayfield, come back in here with that same game that we had or have been seeing, and we'll yeah. we'll have a discussion on how big our, our our offers are going to be. Okay, and then finish me with this one. I'm loving this. So finish finish me with this one. So it had to be. So we talked about leading into this one, just in terms of coming off of a great playoff weekend, the the calm demeanor, the 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 level of maybe preparation, uh, the execution that we saw. And that comes, that come, it flows uh, from the top down. So the top would be the coach. So I, so I threw Cliff Kingsbury at you. So as Cliff, as Steve Kime or as Bidwell uh, meeting with meeting with the coach, what 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 are what is, what's your assessment or what are you telling the coach that needs to happen? Because it seems like they're, I mean, they're not going to part ways with him. He's still here this yeah. deep into the off season or into the you know after the the final game. So what what would you tell Cliff Kingsbury? Well, it depends on who it's coming from because I know Kime, if you think about it, Kime's on a little bit of a hot seat as well because he's the one who put everything together, uh, coach-wise, obviously, but player-wise. Okay. Kime went out and he mortgaged a little bit of the future by going out and getting some of these old pieces and stuff like that. He's going to be in a real tricky spot. We don't have a lot of draft capital right now. I was looking at earlier today. We have five picks in the seventh round because of some of the things we've done, Ertz, and some other moves and stuff like that. And I think we might get a three comp- compensatory picks and stuff like that, but you're talking about mm-hmm. the main portion of the draft. We have five picks. <clears throat> now, what's going to happen, Kime is going to have to figure out how he takes what little we have left 
to improve this roster. So he's okay. sitting down with uh, Kingsbury. He can't be very happy and excited because it's year two of a collapse or yes. you know, year two, second year in a row. We started out great. We've collapsed. Now I'm not sure how much more I can go out there and get you. You're going to have to take, you know, but I always tell you, well, you can't expect me to make, you know, filet mignon tastes like flank steak, you know. Yeah. Well, you go, I'll go out and spend the money and get you filet mignon. And <laughs> now I'm expecting it to taste like filet mignon. And Kime, yeah. in his mind, he went out and got J.J. Watt. <clears throat> he got D-Hop a couple years ago. You go out and get Connor. You go get Ertz in the middle of the year. Yeah. All these things. He's like, man, I should have had a better meal than this, you know. Yeah. So now – um, Kingsbury is making him look bad, right? Mm-hmm. Now both of them have to worry about the man that's sitting in the up the the, the upper room, <laughs> right? Yes, sir. I'm picking now, up throwing down. Yes, sir. yes, sir. Now he's looking at both of y'all, and it's like I don't like what you did. I don't like what you did. Okay. So the clock is now ticking on both of you, and that's a dangerous spot to be as far as being a general manager yeah. and a head coach. And the, the crazy part is both of them only have one year left on their deals, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Like right now, Kingsbury might be in a wait-and-see mode. He might be playing – like I'm not going to say dead man walking, but before we go ahead and give you a five-year deal or anything like that, maybe we give you a one-year extension. But maybe we just run this one through and see how we start the season. Mm-hmm. Because you got to remember, the worst thing that happened to them, bro, is – Obviously, the Rams won the division. Division we had a stranglehold all the way through. All the way through. Now you got the 49ers in the NFC Championship game as well within yeah. the division. I mean that that just woof. That just it's like sticking the, the the needle in the side even more. Right. And we know this division is not going to get any less you know difficult. So like I said both of them might be waiting around. Four extensions, and like I said, at the start of this coming season, and I, here's the other thing, Jay. There might be a lot of eyeballs from the, you know, you always see those movies where stuff is going on, on the field, and then they have the office up there where the owner might be, right? <laughs> right. And you see the blinds just open up <laughs> just a little bit, right? Yes, yes. So there's going to be a lot of looking from that office up there. Looking yeah. down to see what's going on, whether he thinks this is tracking in the right way, uh, direction or not. Yeah. And if he's not satisfied, like I said, first off, there might not be a whole lot of extensions going on, but the lease will be very short once yeah. the 2022 season starts. That's for GM and head coach. So I would not have wanted to be in either one of those rooms with Bidwell because it couldn't have gone great. Right. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you have to say, well, look, we improved. We went from eight and eight to eleven and six, and we got in the playoffs. If that's your goal, okay. Like I said, yeah. I just know where we were headed and where we finished up. Yeah, I'm not right. gonna be sitting around watching too much more of that. So, yeah. like I said, it'd be pretty interesting to, to find out. I'm I'm assuming uh, there was not a lot of kumbaya going on in those meetings. Man, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I appreciate you for humoring me and doing a little bit of uh, a football role play of sorts. So on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. Tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here at Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And so as we always say around this time, and as always, we are presented by Bet Online. And as we always say around this time, are you kidding?
Till next time, be easy out there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.